What's going on again, everybody? Welcome into the 17th installment of the Dogs Football Podcast. Actually, the Kansas State post-pod. As you guys heard, our, our pre-pod of Kansas State on Friday. We were in Manhattan, just got to our hotel and put it out there. We are back here in the studios in our hometown of Marion, right down the street from where the Salukis play. I'm your host, Nick Malone, joined by my co-host, Noah. We did a lot of driving the last couple of days, but we are ready to go. Oh, yeah. did a lot of driving, but uh, we are back. We're getting ready to do it. We'll do uh, tell you how it went, uh, explain in our terms what happened, what we saw, and uh, it was a great experience overall, but we'll get into that. Yeah, let's get into first uh, how it was being there in Manhattan. The hotel we stayed at was not bad at all. Like we said, it was a little pricey, but we understood their opening weekend, how it would be. We had restaurants outside of our place, so we had a overall for like food-wise, it was really good. But even before, because I mean, we woke up on Saturday. We uh, obviously we had time to waste, so we went and we loved disc golf. We went and played a little nine hole with them, and went over and played golf, real golf as well, at one of their really good courses. Uh, but uh, it was it was a hot day. But we, we found we found stuff to do. But before we went over there, we actually, uh, obviously, we were going to get the stadium that night. But we passed it on the way to playing all those. And uh, it was really cool, really big. Noah, that's one of the best and nicest campuses I've honestly ever seen. We know we've been to a couple big ones before. But this one, this one stood out. And everything about the atmosphere, the tailgating was pretty big uh, and sporadic and uh, – Parking wasn't all too bad at all. Like overall, no. What are your thoughts? Because it was it was a pretty good. Uh, they they do it pretty good over there. Yeah, they are. As their uh, assistant running coach, running backs coach said, their whole community is bought in and uh, they show out. And right now they got a really good football team and they show up and they show out. Yeah, we went to Ole Miss a couple years ago. I as a uh, their grove is what they call their little tailgating stuff and where the team walks through. That's on another level, but Kansas State does it really well. They had, I'd say, 50 campers. They People came in Friday night. They had a pep rally. Mike Reese posted that he was there, I guess, for that outside of his hotel. But, yeah, they had about 50 campers. They came in the night before, stayed the night, and they did it really well. I was really impressed. Um their fans are very pleasant, did not did not bother any SIU fans that I could tell in my experience. So they were really nice, so it was really welcoming to see that. Because other places I've ha- had had some issues, but not really well. But yeah, they were really nice, great experience, uh, really nice stadium. Um, their students actually show out. I know at Ole Miss, their students didn't, weren't really involved in the game like they were at K-State. Yeah, we talked about Ole Miss a couple times and how awesome it was because we didn't get a chance to walk around and see like any. We I think we saw a couple like frat houses and stuff here. We saw a lot of that at Ole Miss, and yeah, they do it at another level. The SEC does. Yeah, they had that uh, one area. Like I mentioned, theirs was sporadic here, but yeah, you mentioned the campers. The parking lot was huge, huge area. The campuses were nice. They sneak peek throughout the game. Something that they're building in the next couple of years. It's going to be good for every uh, every sport for the most part to use. Kind of like their own little like rec building. Uh, it, it was pretty incredible. And, yeah, we didn't have any issues with fans. Uh, we did sit uh, on behind our sideline uh, about halfway up near their – literally, like, we were seats, what, one and two, and we sat right next to their student section. They were pretty loud, pretty crazy. 
And then, yeah, some of them sort of moved towards our area because they ran out of seats over there. So we felt too jam-packed. It was kind of just, we knew as the game would go on that it'd be pretty tough. So we moved over to where SIU fans were sitting over behind uh, the other uh, field goal post. But, yeah, the production they put on there, whether it's involving their students, uh, everything on their scoreboard with their mascot, everything was really sweet. We're, it, it was a pretty good place. They do do football, right? But, you know, they've been – and then I remember seeing someone's shirt that they haven't had. Uh, they haven't won a Big 12 uh, uh, regular season or whatever in, since 2012, which was their best year. So uh, they haven't had all the great success, but yeah, their fans still stick with it and they do do it well. So we were, it really was a good time there. So, so with that being said, no, let's jump right into the action. Uh, right, you know, going in, we obviously had a feeling that we could, because we saw people on the golf course that said, you know, and we talked to people. I think in our elevator at the hotel that we thought it was going to be a good game and everyone else did too. We remember the pod, Kansas state pod, uh, talking about how it's going to be a nice test for them for their next game. And it sure was, but no, at the very beginning wasn't off to a hot start. We didn't think it was going to be, uh, that we were going to, uh, it was going to be too good right away. Uh, we won the, we won the tip and deferred, and they got it, Noah, and their first drive was pretty easy. A nice three minutes, 75 yards, they went right downfield, didn't they? They had a big old 43-yard pass, which I remember saying that we wanted them to have to throw the ball. We know how good their running game was, and we'll get to that later. But they're, the one who killed Sanford in the first game, Noah, Malik Knowles, caught a 43-yarder to get to our 22 to kick off the drive for the most part. Yeah, he got me. It was a, I believe it was a play action. He got behind P.J. Jules on that one, which was that's about the only thing that – Got passed or got it, got caught the ball by PJ in front of PJ Jules all night long. So he was absolutely good. But yeah, I got behind him on that one, and uh, he almost recovered and knocked it away. But it was a great catch, good pass, good catch, and yeah, they punched it in really quick. Like, wasn't uh wasn't it one of Nick's keys to the, what were Nick's keys of the game was prevent big plays. One of them, or it's usually special teams. And we was, were worried about yeah. that going in, and Nico had a sixty-five yard touchback. So. We rely on him a lot in that facet, but I'm not sure what his keys were, but <clears throat> we know that, uh, you know, like I said, making them throw the ball, but of course it ends up being like huge yardage. But and then Noah, they went down Deuce Vaughn. They used their seeker weapon and their best player to go down and score a touchdown right away. So we were kind of like, okay, here we go kind of deal. Uh, and then Noah, it didn't take long in our first possession. Uh, another day had a 65 yard uh, touchback and we ran it for five yards, won the first play. And then Nick, a crazy play, really, Noah, got intercepted. Yeah, he was hurried on the play, rolled out. Had Ty Staniel, he's, Ty Staniel started headed up the field because he was in the flat and it went right off his hands. And one of their linebackers made a heck of a play, dove after it, got his hand under it, and one of their uh, defense linemen picked it off. I believe it was uh, Pickle that picked it off. And it was just not off to a good start because – I mean, as a de- as as an offense, if your defense allows a, allows drives and they go score, you, you want to answer right away, and that's just didn't what's happened. I know uh, Tice will say that's on him, and but uh, yeah, it's just great play by their linebacker getting their hand under that ball. Yeah, I was, that's what I was going to say because it led to like a ten minute review that they didn't think it if it hit the ground or not. And clearly, on review, we were yelling how. They're like, there's no shot. Like, clearly he got – it was pretty credible. Because <clears throat> at first we thought it was definitely incomplete. 
but then, yeah, he got his hand underneath it, tipped it up, and then one of his other guys caught it. It was really incredible. Not worth the 10-minute review like they had. So, yeah, awful start to kick to kick things off. But then, no, the first play of them next, uh, <clears throat> Clayton Bush uh, picked off Scott Thompson. Yeah, it was a uh, – Right away, 10 r- seconds. Right away. It was, it was a – like a receiver was open, I believe it was a post route, but Skyler just put it over the receiver's head, and there was little – Clayton Bush to pick it off. Yeah, he ran a little bit, but then he ran out of bounds. We were pumped. We thought that's where the momentum was going to swing because we didn't like how the game was uh, trajectorying, obviously. But, we, you know, we were going to – thought we were going to live off that. But we ended up punting only on three plays, getting six yards. And then they went down again. Noah, they had a lot of action. They were making some throws. Deuce was there again. But this is where it says uh, when they were up – let's see here. Before that, this is when Skylar Thompson got hurt on a Jackson-Neen – or Deuce Vaughn had an eight-yard run to our four-yard line, and Skyler Thompson tried to block. That's what we were thinking from our vantage point, from sitting where we were on our new seats. Then all of a sudden, we we wondered who was down, and it was him down, and they were tending to him, and uh, he had a non-contact injury. Yeah, he's had some injuries in his career, and uh, it sucks to see you. There's a picture out there of Chris Klein and his reaction, him just – Bending down, bending over, just couldn't believe it because this sucks for this kid. We wish him all the best wishes. Saw today that he is out, out indefinitely, but it's not a season-ending in- injury. So that's good to see. Hopefully he gets back sometime soon. Yeah, we saw a lot of reports with from ESPN or other people that uh, even even Chris today and his thing said that he was uh, def- he was not out for the year, which is pretty crazy. We saw the, the replay, and yeah, he was – he wasn't even near anybody. He just tried to run. He was right next to Deuce and then just fell. So it was excruciating to see. But we, we at that moment, we thought we were going to turn the tide. And they got a couple more yards. And Will Howard, the replacement who came in, had a one-yard touchdown run. So we were down 14 nothing At that point, we were not thinking it was obviously over. A lot of game left, but it wasn't looking good. Then, no, we had a drive that had a lot of uh, – Isaiah Hartra got involved first. Javon started to get on the ground a lot. Uh, we had a legal formation that dropped us back a little bit, but then got going a little bit more. Uh, Jerron Rollins, who didn't see a lot of action, Noah, but he came in and caught a big 15-yard uh, on fourth and seven. We went for it, a big 15-yard catch. We ran a little more, and then we managed to get down in territory. We, we used uh, a timeout there in the first quarter, got it up, and but we settled for a uh, field goal, a Nico field goal. Yeah, I believe that's the drive where we had one of our explosive plays get out of reach where uh, Vontae, Vontae Cox ran a slant route and uh, Nick missed him over the middle. It was out of reach of him, and that would have been a big explosive play to get us going. But we were able to drive down and get some points off of Javon, Javon Williams making us do what he does. Yeah, we'll get to him because we thought he definitely could have been used a lot more, especially near the end of the game. So the quarter ended and then it kicked off. Nick took a sack for two-yard loss, and then Nico came in and drew a 32-yarder. Then Noah, they came back right away again. This is when Nico didn't get a touchback, but they kicked it. And uh, a lot of stuff happened up until Deuce Vaughn ran another touchdown. So here we are, down 21-3. to But our next drive, a lot of good things happened. We got Javon in the running game once again. Romir Elliott finally made it his way into the game. Uh, after not playing, they what they say they wanted to ho- uh, hold him and Donovan off because I guess dealing with a little bit of stuff, and we realized that we probably didn't need him against Semo. So they finally made an appearance. Noah ran, had a 
six yards on on this drive. Uh, well, first off, it's good to see Romier back. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's great to see. Um, we hope to get him going, and uh, I know Nick Hill will get to him, Nick Hill's press conference a little bit, but need to get Donovan Spencer at some point going too. Without a doubt, and get our four-headed dragon going because we know uh, Justin and Javon have been carrying the way so far. So here we are. We remain at the 34-yard line, and here's where uh, Avante and Nick connected for a 19-yarder. We realized at first the cornerback that was on Avante was kind of had some soft coverage, and Avante was open a, a lot of the time. But here he is getting a 19-yarder. Javon ran a couple more, kept running. He had about 10 yards in the span of three plays and then fa- finally got in the end zone, Noah, for our first touchdown score. But we ended up going for two, and this is where it ended up probably being pivotal towards the end of the game. We know before that we like to set up like we're going for two and then quickly get off the field or Nick just fall back in his uh, holding position, and then we get Nico out there to kick. But we ended up going for the two-point conversion, and it was a failure. Yeah, it was a failure, just like it was down in SEMO. Nick, Nick Baker almost lost his probably a season injury down at SEMO because of it. But, yeah, I get I get you want to be a, um aggressive offense. And I understand you're wanting to line up, maybe see something. But uh, if you don't see the look, check out the play and just kick the field goal. I mean, the game could have been way different if we're just tied at some point in the game once we get down the road. Just – opens things up more for you or something else, but just take the point. And I, I, if you get the look, if you line up that way, that's fine. Then motion guys in and kick the field goal, that's fine. But if you don't get the look you're wanting to see, check out the play, please. Yeah, or use a timeout and then figure out what you're going to do. Yeah, if you definitely don't see what you like or drop back quicker, yeah. But then we know the certain plays they like to run, which don't always work out clearly. Um so, yeah, because we knew that was going to hurt us by the end of the game. Stuff like that always does when you go for it a little too early. I guess they thought they were kind of in desperate mode before the half, needing points. So it was kind of frustrating to see that that didn't come to fruition. Because um, as we know, at North, towards the end of the game, that we knew it was going to come into, uh, come into play. And then here, Noah, on their first play, we get to, we get to Will Howard. Jordan Burner finds his way to bumping the ball out and – Giovanni, Gianni Bellazare jumped on this fumble, a loss of eight yards, first play. Yeah, first play, Jordan Burner got his hands on Deuce Vaughn, punched it out. Gianni, with great recognition, picked up the ball and, and took it to about, what, the eight yards? Returned it about eight yards to the set, 17, I believe? Yeah. Or the he nine. Ran, he picked ran it up to the nine. We were, we were really, like, because obviously when you see that happen, when people try to pick up fumbles, they try to pick it up before they run, so they miss it. Thank, thankfully, he did not miss it. So, yeah, I picked it up and got to, yeah, they're really, yeah, first and goal right away. And then the next, or it took us two plays, Javon for eight yards to get it to the one, and then he punched it in for the touchdown, and Nico was successful PAT. So, here we are, 21-16. to 16. That's when we were getting some momentum, obviously. And then, Noah, the big one happened right before the half. Uh, we had the kickoff. They rushed a little bit, and then Will Howard tried to force a pass. And P.J. Jules, we love P.J. Jules. We knew he was going to have a nice year. And really after he, that one play, their first drive, he got burnt. They didn't really go his way at all. They finally went his direction, and he found a way to take it to the house for 41. Reservations for six. That is correct. P.J. with the great read there, picked him off, took it to the house. Then that's where we take a, as you said, a 23-21 lead. Should be 24-21. Two the lead, and that's what the score is at halftime. SIU up 23-21 at half. 
Yeah, and, and it was on a third and 13 when they tried to find their receiver when P.J. picked it off. Was it not before the half, though, with 217 left on their next drive? That's when they fumbled again, a, literally a miscommunication. Will Howard did not know what the defense was bringing. They had a, It was actually a decently long drive, but then Kevin Glacian found his way up the middle and uh, forced another fumble on Will Howard. Yep, uh, he came right up the middle and just destroyed him. And then, unfortunately, we got the ball and didn't get anything going. We thought we were going to have enough time. We took a timeout with 33 seconds left, and we had to make a play passes, and then Nick got sacked right before the half by Khalid Duke, who's going to be in the NFL next year for a 10-year loss. And we were kind of confused because at that point there were, like, around – I guess it was they, – they took the timeout, but there was 20 seconds left at the time. Kansas State could have used one of their timeouts. It was about midfield. And had a couple plays and at least get field goal position. So we were actually really, really lucky that uh, they didn't do that and try to get points before the half to regain their lead. Um, and we that's another a couple of those opportunities that we'll get to later that were missed opportunities. After getting a big uh, another turnover like that with at least a minute left and not being able to get downfield and get anything going. Uh, but yeah, then yeah, halftime came. We were kind of excited. We went up to the concession stands. Made it back down, but our first play, knowing that how big it was, getting that turnover, not letting them kick a field goal, do anything before the half, having the lead that we really needed to come out and try to score again. And I guess halftime was the worst thing for us. It killed kind of our momentum big time to start off the second half. We only had three plays, and we punted it right away. Uh, He sacked for – it says Nick got sacked for a loss of four. He fumbled it, but we recovered – and then, yeah, illegal substitution on them. So really no play. Kept going a little bit. And then Jack, we had to punt. Jack had a 54-yarder. That didn't look great at first, but it rolled all the way, didn't it? Yeah, he got a good good Saluki bounce on that one, and it rolled inside the 10, I believe. So then they had a 7.5-yard or 7.5-minute uh, possession, 14 plays. that ended up in constituting a field goal as well, a 34-yarder. So then our next one, you know, we're thinking, okay, let's bounce back here after uh, punting. We had a turnover on downs. It was an, an illegal shift, uh, an eligible uh, da- player downfield. A lot of stuff happened. We took a timeout. This is where we took a lot too many timeouts at the start of the game, realizing that we only would have won by the end of it. So then we got it, but we said, okay, this is when the defense kicked it up a notch again. They punted, and then this is to the point where there's 346 left, and we're realizing we could potentially take the lead. Uh, and then Nico had the chance to kick a 47-yarder. No, we understood it was kind of windy um, that night. And especially as the night went on, it got a little windy. And obviously with the atmosphere there, lining up for a 47-yarder for Nico, we said that if he nails this, he will go down forever in history if we ended up taking the lead on a huge, almost a 50-yarder like that. We know he's got the boot. And he had the distance, but it was a little a little wobbly and a little left. Yeah, uh, going back to our last drive, fourth and one, you're going to run a pass play when you have Javon Williams, who wasn't even in the game. Should have been in the game a lot more, in my opinion. I mean, on the previous play, he was third and three. He ran for two yards. You give it to him again. You trust your veteran offensive line to get one yard and be able to go down and score a touchdown and settle instead of turning it over on downs. I mean – if you're going to go for it, give it to Javon on fourth and one. I mean, that's just my opinion, maybe, that, I mean. No, I agree with it because we were, just, we were at midfield. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, we were upset that that was the case. 
Um, yeah, because he, we think Javon with our good offensive line that we think was having a decent game outside of the sacks, but you know, holding the ball for too long, that Javon definitely could have found his way for the one yard. Yeah, that was praying. And then I don't even, what was the play on the on the fourth and one? Just was, something that required was, him to get. Yeah, I mean, it was. Just, it was probably. It was. I think it was play action pass or an RPO. Who was the one that was ineligible? Was it? Uh, it was Xavier downfield. Yeah, probably. Xavier had a couple flags. There's a there's two flags in the play on us. A legal shift and ineligible field, ineligible player downfield. So both of them got. One was declined. One was accepted, and we turned it over on down. Yeah. So if we if we connect on that and go down it's just so many things like missed opportunities or just not doing the right thing could be a reason for uh the reasons for lose so we mentioned them punt uh, and then we missed that field goal as i mentioned they punted again and then we had a couple of javon had a nice eight yard run to kick off this drive then javon had his only throw of the game missed uh justin strong and then here's where nick got sacked again noah by Uzama for a loss of eight, and they recovered it. And this is the one that dropped him all the way back inside our territory at our 17-yard line, and we were thinking this might end up being the game, obviously, right here. But, no, we only uh, they only settled for a field goal, which was obviously the best-case scenario at that point. Obviously, turning it over is the best case, but second base was obviously just uh, uh, making them just kick a field goal. So our defense was unbelievable. Yeah, our our defense was incredible all night. They stepped up when we needed it most. Uh, they really got the team back in it in the first half with their defensive effort, and they were flying over, flying all over the field. So it was great to see. Yeah, and then once we once we just let them kick a field goal, rely on our defense. We only had three plays. The next drive barely lasted two minutes, and we punted again. And this is when it got out of reach. Noah, they went down straight. And Deuce Vaughn, obviously, you know, he was he was unbelievable in this game. And Will Howard made a big throw on third and ten, no, and we needed a stop. And he found Phillip Brooks, number eighty-eight. You said before, just because he was in the slot, he's a really quick guy, one of their best guys. Great. He he was the all American kicker turner, right? Correct. And he was in the slot, found his way. Just on uh, what play? It was just over the middle, and I don't, I don't know. No tree was right next to him. Could have batted down. He was just a little bit behind, but he found him. As we, as like I said, as you predicted, and it was just a huge get. That would have obviously turned the tides as well. Third and ten. We had a couple that were uh, we got away from us on third and ten. Yeah, um, that's one. Uh, on our previous drive, we probably. We probably should have went for it, even though we were backed up in their territory. I mean, because we gave it back to them, and they um, they pretty much almost – we allowed them almost to bleed the clock out pretty much until at the end we allowed them to score. I was I was screaming once they got inside the 20, let them score, and we just kept tackling, and they got inside the 10, then we finally let them do it. So they basically – we let them almost bleed the clock out. We might as well should have went for that. And no matter if we were backed up, I believe it was fourth and six, but – should have went for it there since, uh, I mean, they almost bled the clock out. They, I mean. Yeah, Nick ended up confirming after the game in his post, we'll get to that. He, they were pretty much just trying to let him score, uh, which is, yeah, like you said, when we were at the game, that's what they should just should have done. And, yeah, we realized that we should have went for it when we didn't and vice versa, like we did at the beginning of the game, that, like I said, the game could have been totally different if it was tied and not us down one that we went forward on uh, times we shouldn't have. 
and we didn't on times we should have. So really unfortunate they did that, Noah, and then pretty much to end the game, we found a little bit. We tried, I remember, yeah, here Landon had a couple catches, especially that 12-1 on second and 10 to get us at third 33. We're only down eight. We're thinking, obviously, let's go down and score with just this one timeout that we can't let the clock bleed out, unfortunately. Um, and Landon cut a big one again on the sideline, get to their 21. And then uh, Uzuma gets his, I guess, his second sack of the game. He was third. everywhere. Third sack of the game, Nick fumbled, and they recovered it, and then pretty much the game was over. So, as we talked about before, many, many missed opportunities. I think, well, obviously a lot of them, but one that sticks out to me is when they missed the field goal a 20-something yarder, and we couldn't capitalize off that and have a good drive. It was really tough, Noah, for the offense to get going all night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very tough. Uh, they took a lot of our first reads away. Um, I thought uh, some of our, our play calling all night was pretty conservative to a team that wants to be very uh, aggressive on offense. I thought we had a lot of conservative play calls. Um, Nick Baker really didn't impress me much all night long. I think he ended up being 16 of 27 for 176 and a pick and a fumble. So uh, there was probably some 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 they would like to take back. They'd like to mix up some play calls. But, yeah, to me, our offense, we were just – I just felt like they were stagnant. I feel like they should have used Javon Williams Jr. more. He's uh, obviously the best player on our team. He's one of the best players in the country. So on any level, so I – in my opinion. But – uh. Should have used him more all night. They should have found some ways to get our best receiver, Avante Cox, the ball more. I mean, I know that we missed the one opportunity on the slant, but, yeah, they were uh, they shut down our offense, which credit to Chris Kleiman and his defensive mind to figure out a way to stop our offense. Yeah, we talked about before how, you know, Nick obviously is an undersized quarterback, and we figured with, with our line and their big defensive line, that could have been an issue. And it feels like it was, we mentioned how, yeah, Vontae was open a lot of times in the game uh, and they couldn't find him or something happened. Cause like I said, it's kind of soft coverage on him. If they, he would have, uh, he would have found some big plays or he could have had a hundred yards in this game for being honest. But it's one of those things where it's like that quarterback holds on to it too long. Yeah. The first read's not there. And then maybe, yeah, just good coverage on their part. I mean, we didn't get a whole lot. We had, what was it? Yeah, you said with Nick's 176, there's no one else uh, completed a pass. 176 by the offense. We know how special our offense can be. It's obviously uh, far-fetched from the first game, which obviously our expectations were high after that, even coming into this. Not ideal, yeah. I mean, the, the, the blame does go around to an extent, but yeah, I agree. Nick did not look comfortable at times. I'm not sure if he – obviously, players, they say, well – lived to play in atmospheres like they were in, and maybe the atmosphere maybe got to him a little bit. He did have to run. He had to uh, run a little bit, and he wasn't able to get anything going and find anybody he liked, and he did take a lot of sacks. He really didn't throw it away all that often, which he would have, and he tried to force in some passes, like the one to Tice that would have been for a first down earlier in the game that had their first interception. Uh, that definitely stood, stands out too, even though Tice, he was kind of behind him, kind of at him. He wasn't expecting it. He, he could have, and it would have been a first down to continue it too. So just stuff like that. And obviously it could have been either way because they were so close to not intercepting it. Who knows what happened? So, yeah, in the end, just missed opportunities, especially when your defense plays like that. Our great offense has to come into play. When their defense was good, but, you know, obviously it was it was to the point where we could have – done more because we mentioned pj's pick six 
a lot of the reasons why we scored, you know, the fumble to then get to the point where Javon could rush it right into the end zone. Like our defense was the main reason why we scored a lot of our points. So the only thing we will say is that if our defense plays like that, we know our offense for the most part will be just fine. And I'm liking our chances down the road, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I wonder, I, I mentioned this earlier, I, since our offense wasn't getting going with Nick Baker, if there's any chance if Stone was still here, he might get a taste of the waters in that game at some point, maybe trying to mix things up, or if they he just rides away with Nick Baker. I couldn't agree more. You did say that earlier, and we were interested. I'm, it's funny that you think about, excuse me, that I wonder if Stone was watching this game. We know Stone's not there anymore, and he's doing other things. We were talking to somebody. We told them that the things that we've been hearing and people that we've been seeing, we talked to somebody sitting next to us, or you told them what the deal was and uh, let him know why Stone left and the reasons he had for leaving to an extent. I wonder if he was watching and thinking to himself, yeah, because, I mean, that was a game. With Nick struggling like he did, that we could have used a little bit more playmaking and ability to obviously we know, and even Nick Hill has said before that he brought that, that honestly we've never seen to an extent and his ability to – be a magician so that is interesting and, it, and it's sad that we couldn't have got even because we said his size and being able to see over and see everything that we wonder how stone norton would have fared even like even if he got brought in the game it's tough to, to tell you know somebody like that who obviously is still a freshman by covid rules that to come in here and uh, be good thrown into the game in that atmosphere so i'm sure that's why to an extent they didn't do it and nick baker's their guy they're not going to sit nick but as you said, if Stone was still here, they might have done it for him, knowing what he could have done. And then we would have been in this revolving door again, because even Todd said that on that other pod, that Nick likes to ride the hot hand. And if, let's say, Stone, well, if he wins us the game, it's it's totally just in general, like, yeah, you might, he probably is QB1 again. Uh, but we understand that obviously Nick has been good enough to where he would still warrant being the starter. But if you ride the hot hand, then Stone would have been your guy afterwards. So that is interesting. I'm really glad you brought that up. Because, yeah, you wouldn't want to throw him Stone Norton into this game. Because he's obviously bigger. Like we said, he looks like a quarterback, but you don't throw him in a new game like this, would you? Absolutely not. I will say if uh, Skylar Thompson does not get hurt, this game is totally different. We're probably ending up in a three or four touchdown loss. That's, that's what we were mentioning as well, yeah. Because we said how we want him to throw. Will Howard wasn't the best thrower as well. He tried to run out a lot, and they used their running game clearly. That I, yeah, that's what we were saying all day, that we probably would have got home a lot earlier than we did because who knows what the score would have been. But even though we know Skyler threw that pick to uh, Clayton, so he was obviously, he could have thrown picks. Obviously, he's a better player than Will Howard. So, yeah, a lot of things would have transpired. That's when we thought we should have took advantage. The biggest, uh, the most is when he went out of the game and we should have took advantage of that along with the other missed opportunities. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what uh, what age Will Howard is, but he looked like a deer in a headlights pretty much all night long. Looked like a big moment for the guy, so he might be really young. So, uh, But he has the tangibles, it looks like. He has the size to be a pretty good quarterback down the road if he keeps up. Yeah, you're right, and he, he did look like a deer in headlights at times, and I think that's also uh, says a lot about our defense and getting the pressure on because obviously they have a big 12 offensive line. They got good guys up there, I'm guessing. We got through forced fumbles, obviously, and had some sacks of our own. We only had a couple, but we had a big one, obviously. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, maybe you thrown into that atmosphere. He wasn't ready for it. 
But then uh, there was talk before also, they have a third string, right? A second year four star that they said is really good. Yeah, I went on the uh, Kansas State's Twitter page during halftime to see what the uh, K State fans had to say on the Twitterverse. And uh, a lot of them were saying that uh, Will Thompson or Thompson ain't very good, that we have a second year four star right behind him that is supposed to be one of the best QB prospects they've seen at K State in a while. So. A lot, of, a lot of fans calling for that kid, so. Um, but, uh, Will Thompson got the job done in the end. Yeah, and, uh, who knows? We might end up seeing that kid one day. If Will doesn't, uh, you know, live up to anything the rest of the way, we mentioned before how Skyler's probably not out for the year, so that's good for them. They do have Nevada next week, and then they have, with that atmosphere, they host Oklahoma, and they host Iowa State, right? Back-to-back weeks. Back-to-back weeks. That's a huge, and their atmosphere will play a part in that, I think, even though we did what we did against them, that we're thinking, uh, even though Brock Purdy got benched, that those offenses could go in there and line them up. But it's interesting because atmosphere can definitely play to their side. So let's get to this box score now. I know we mentioned how Nick didn't have the best game, and we knew that Stone wasn't going to make it in this game, but Javon did have the one pass. I wonder if he should have threw it more, to be honest. If they, especially if they were going to use him at the end of the game rushing, they could have used him in a different way. Uh, he only had that one pass, like I said, incomplete. Uh, and Javon obviously rushing the ball. Average barely four yards a carry. Did have those two touchdowns. His longest run was eight. He got those two red zone teddies. Uh, Justin couldn't really get going either. He was used a little bit in the receiving game, but he only had six for 35. He had a long 12. Landon here, Noah. Here's where we say that Landon got involved in the rushing game where we think that might have should have gone to Avante. Avante had no rushes. We think if Avante was in there for Landon, we could have had a lot of much, a lot much more bigger plays. Yeah, uh, I remember watching Kleiman's uh press conference earlier in the week last week and he said this is the best reverse team I've ever seen and uh, we did not see any of that so I wonder if Nick Hill heard that and decided not to do it potentially or the game play just didn't the game just didn't get get in the flow I just thought using maybe I mean if Vontae's your best playmaker so why not try to get the ball in his hand some somehow and just maybe mix it up a little bit but uh yeah we usually run four or five or six of those jet sweeps a game, and we only did, I think, Landon had two, and maybe... Uh, like Hartrip did, too. Maybe Hartrip had one as well, so, yeah, I was wondering why maybe they didn't try that out, but... Oh, well, I'm, that we'll get... Uh, we're going to flush it down the drain, and we're going to get back to getting ready for Dayton, but, uh, yeah, uh, receiving-wise, uh, Landon was our leading receiver. He had a long of 19 for six for 63. Yeah, two of those big time on the last drive ended up in nothing. Yeah, uh, Vontae had three receptions. Not sure how many targets he had. I'd uh, say maybe as much as he had catches, honestly. But yeah, uh, he was pretty locked down all night. We know he had at least four targets, but he had three for 40, a long of 19. Tyce Daniel had three for 33. Uh, he did not have very much action. I know he dropped uh, a first down. Could have had a first down, but oh well. Isaiah two for twenty. Didn't you see him? Like Jerron, I think could be could have been used more in that kind of that kind of environment. Maybe he could have took some advantage of some different putting him in the slot. And uh, Justin Strong one for five. Yeah, I agree that we could have because we have so many options here. Cole Stewart didn't have any catches. Obviously, we know what his role is to an extent. He can catch, but Ty. I wonder what Ty's snap count was compared to uh, Cole's, but. Uh, the thing that sticks out to me is, though, on all these guys' longest catches, they're at least 
close to 15 or longer. We mentioned Landon Avante with 19 ties with that 21 with a 21 yard over the middle. He got slammed. I remember saying, yeah, Isaiah two for 20. We know how big of a playmaker he was at SEMO and is that yeah, they should have got him more involved. Uh, yeah, for 14, Jerron's longest was that only that one catch for 15. Didn't he? Jerron only had one catch last week too for around the same amount of yard. Anyway. Yeah, he's had two targets all year, I believe. It's unfortunate. Maybe that's on him to an extent, not getting open. But I think, or, or it's on uh, Isaiah Hartridge. That's just how good he's been. Exactly that, and because we know if we count on these big guys, Ty being that big target, and then we mentioned Zach Gibson, who was warming up and looked good. But I guess they're not comfortable playing him, barring I guess an injury would have to happen for that to happen. But uh, yeah, I guess Sharon, and we know Nick likes to target the main guys, and that's where the money's made. That's where you know most of our plays happen. But you got to spread it around if everything's not working out. If they're they're targeting Audubonte to an extent, and vice versa with Landon, you got to go different routes. I mean, Jerome probably didn't have that many snaps, honestly. So uh, maybe he just didn't get open to to an extent. So really unfortunate passing day. Uh, thankfully, like I said, our defense, and we'll get to the stats here for them in a second, but they came up huge to give us these opportunities to score. Uh, we mentioned the fumbles that Gianni uh, came on two of them, which was unbelievable. His awareness for the ball like that is huge and will pay dividends down the road, as we know. And then, yeah, Nick had two and lost them both. Uh, let's get now. No, let's get into the defense that literally had one of the best performances we've seen. Definitely at that level, without a doubt. Quay led us in tackles, and they were all nine of his own tackles. He mentioned, we'll just say a little bit from his post game that a lot of what he does is relying upon the linebackers and how they see the ball. If they miss something, he's got to be there. Obviously, that he he mentioned that a lot. So he was able to make nine of his own tackles. Uh, Bryce, as we know, had to be huge in this game. Still carry the load. Uh, and he was really active. We remember seeing him uh, throughout the game, you know, going to the music and stuff. He always – I remember whenever we were turning it over and it seemed like we were dead in the water, he was still out there getting pumped up for everything. So only five for him. He had a uh, one-pass defense. Jakari Patterson, let's get to him Noah, real fast. He had a big play on the sideline that was kind of a high throw, but he made a play on it, maybe tipped a little bit. He was active, wasn't he? Yeah, he was active. Uh, as we know, he's earned that starting spot this year in front of Mike Calhoun on that outside spot. Um, we've seen him a lot. We've seen um, seen a lot of Branson Combs as well in that spot. So, uh, yeah, he ended up with uh, five tackles, a tackle for loss, and a breakup that was pretty big. Without a doubt, that was a huge play. I don't know what down it was at the time, but it was pretty huge. Here's our boy Colby Coleman, who we – would like to play. Playing with Bryson out, we uh, we like how Branson's in here a lot, and obviously Jakari's earned the, earned the star, as, as you said. But Colby, because he's got the experience, and who knows what he can come out and do. He had four of his own tackles, five total. Uh, we'd like to see him down the road more. Anthony Knight in here, no, he had four of his own tackles. He had two tackles for losses, though, which is huge, because we know he's only a half sack away from breaking the record. They had to be active in some way. Two tackles for losses, pretty big deal. Yeah, uh, he was trucking Deuce Vaughn, I think, at times. Yeah, we expected him to break the record at Kansas State and be special, but wasn't able to get it done with the Big 12 offensive line. Uh, but he had him, he had his impact at special. Just because you're not putting sacks on the stat sheet doesn't mean you're not impactful. So our defense line was flying around all night long. Without a doubt. Here's Mikel. We know how active he is, sideline to sideline. He had four of his own tackles as well, along with Clayton. We understand that Clayton – uh, had that big interception, obviously. Jordan, he had that. He had a tackle for loss himself in that forced fumble. Had three of his own tackles. Richie Haggerty, he was active at times too. Noah, there was that play that everybody was 
uh, crazy about it. He went from the total opposite side of the defense and found his way to tackling from behind. Was it Deuce or was it somebody it was else? Deuce. He made an unbelievable play. We mentioned his athleticism. He is special, Noah. We got to make – every time he's on the field, he's got to be zoned in by, by offenses. He is special. And uh, from Miami, Ohio, they should never let him go. He obviously didn't like it there, and he found his home. So, uh, PJ, we understand he got the pick six, which was unbelievable, gr- unbelievably great, 47-yarder. He had two of his own tackles, three total. Uh, Galatian obviously had the huge bull rush sack that uh, Will Howard did not audible, see it coming. So, Kevin rushed right up the middle and flattened him, and that's where Gianni fell on the ball as well right before halftime. We know Kevin will be huge down the road. And then here, Noah, let's, let's get into James Caesar because we did mention during the game or whatever point, it was right before halftime we didn't mention, but he had two of his own tackles. He was getting uh, thrown at a lot and wasn't very successful, but he ended up leaving the game, Noah, with the injury. We saw him running off. It looked like he was holding his arm. Yeah, it looked like a stinger at first or something, but I remember after halftime he came out with his uh, arm wrap or – Looked down by his hand or wrist area wrapped up in something. So not sure. Uh, Nick Hill's uh, Nick Hill's press conference. Uh, nobody asked about it today, so I do not. I don't know if they did just didn't notice James got hurt or something else. But uh, I would like to know what happened. Yeah, I wish they would ask those kinds of questions because it's your All American cornerback. Yeah, he hasn't had the best start to the season. But we need to know if he's good to go. I wish somebody would. Have. Maybe it's not even that serious. They didn't. They took precautions and just took him out of the game because they know he was struggling to an extent. Maybe maybe it's not as serious. So they would be talking about it. We might hear about it here soon. We might need to learn how to get in those press conferences. Yeah, because I know. Uh, forget his name off the top of my head. That uh, points out who asked questions, but uh, he either says you hit the raise hand button on the Zoom feature or you press a, there's a comment section where you ask questions. And I know we read one off today, so if we could get in those, yeah, you're right. we would ask that kind of question. But uh, Yeah, we'll look into that. Cause, we'll look into it. Because definitely that would probably be the biggest one we ask because we just like to know. Because obviously we would like to ask about the game, but we want to know moving forward – especially for something like this with your All-American cornerback, how he is. So we definitely, that would have been the question we asked. We'll definitely figure that out. So keep up with that. If you see his pressers and you see a question from us, don't be surprised. Uh, Branson Combs, we mentioned, got in the game, played a, a little bit, had two of his own tackles. Nico, of course, on one, he had his own tackle. I, yeah, he ended up making it because no one else could get whoever it was down. Uh, it's unfortunate that a kicker has to make that play. And Abonte did some offensive never, guys. Should have never kicked it to him anyhow. Yeah, I know. We said right before that. Do not kick it to eight. Do not kick it to the All-American. Kick it to the guy who's six four. When I seen that ball in the air going towards 88, I was like, yep, here it goes. And luckily, Nico was there. Yeah, he saved the day for the most part. We know Nico's a heck of an athlete, big body. I think he laid him out. did see a couple signs in the student section that got up on the video board that said Special Teams University, and that is correct. Yeah, like I said, they should have kicked it to the six four kid right next to him. So that Cam Browder got in the game. Only had one tackle. A lot of these guys ended up getting in. Gianni, he only had one tackle. He had a tackle for loss, but by God, he was huge with his uh, fumble recovery. So, And then Hindemar, we did see him make the game as well. Didn't only – probably played a little bit. He, he played only, a little he, bit. Yeah. yeah, he had one tackle. And we mentioned the interceptions. And uh, special teams, we know Nico missed that huge 47-yarder. But, uh, you know, with the win and the atmosphere – we would have loved for him to, because obviously that would have took the lead, but we understand to an extent. We, and we know he was upset with himself, I'm sure. 
but he made did make another one for 32. And then Jack, we mentioned, had the 127 total on three punts. We mentioned before how we would like to see not see Jack a lot this year uh, for reasons that our offense is good, but it's one of those games where you kind of should have expected it. So overall, Noah, uh, what are your final thoughts on this? Like we said, and even people in the post game gave so much props to our defense. It really carried us this entire way. Yeah, absolutely. Their defense, uh, our defense was great. Their defense was great as well. Yeah, getting into a little bit of uh, their side of the ball, we held him to no very explosive plays, no long touchdowns, but Deuce Vaughn is as great as he is. He ended up with 26 carries for 120 yards and three touchdowns still with a 4.6 average. That's pretty good average versus him, but Deuce does what he does and he gets loose sometimes. Yeah, and honestly, it seemed like he had a lot more than that. 26 carries is a lot. Obviously, for your lead back, I guess it's not. He only had a long of 16, yeah, so five yards a carry. That's, I mean, that's, I mean, he had a lot of sample size, but, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot, but to an extent, I mean, it's kind of not, but for how fast he is, it seems like he should have a lot more. But, yeah, three touchdowns don't lie. He'll be drafted one of these days for, for sure. Yeah, they had a couple other guys. They had 208 total. Um, rushing yards, and then here, no, Malik knows. We know last week he was their leading receiver, wasn't he? Or was that Brooks? Because Philip, I don't think Brooks it was, was pretty close. Yeah. yeah. So Malik, we know he had a forty, he had a fifty-yard catch, and he had a forty-three-yard on the first drive of the game for them. Four for one twelve. I guess that's come to expect. Um, Twenty-eight for his catches per, and they ended up with one hundred seventy-two as a team. So not a whole lot again either. They didn't throw the ball. We. Feel like, like I said, we had to make them throw the ball, and they did, and it paid off for them at times. But if you only allow a team for 172 total, you got to take advantage. Uh, they uh, pounced on a couple of fumbles. Obviously, obviously, Will lost his, and then they scooped up one of their own. Uh, and they had a couple guys. We mentioned Aduka or Uzma, excuse me. He had three sacks, three tackles for loss, five solo tackles. They had a one of the other guys gets six total, uh, one of their defensive backs. So, uh, overall, they had 48 total. What was our total then? If they had 48, we had 55. So, we were all over the ball, as we know our defense is. So, overall, yeah. Uh, and as I said, definitely moving forward, if our defense can be like this, especially when we get Bryson Strong back sometime in October, that we will take off. This defense will keep doing what they're – what we knew they could do and what, especially bringing in Galatian and having Gianni be in there. I mean, that just is a difference maker. We would like to see more. Maybe we know Juwan Blankenship still active on Twitter. We don't know his situation. Can't wait to get him back. And the Dante Cleveland's and the Cam Bowderies would like to see them in there more, but you obviously you go to your best guys and they get the job done. So like I said, if our defense keeps being like this and we know our offense will be just fine, I don't expect to lose a lot of games this year. We'll put it that way. Uh, so that's how that game went. It was a final of 31 to 23. As we said, we had a chance to tie near the end of the game and it didn't work out. Got pretty much near their territory, but then we, with our one timeout, I don't even know if we even used the timeout. It was probably too late at that point and, uh, we turned it over. So overall, we know Nick is pretty, was pretty frustrated that, uh, he won't have another game like this moving forward. So yeah, overall, like we said, we came into the expectations. We, what well, we had our predictions, uh, if you had a seven-point loss, I had a 14. And uh, so, I mean, like I said, we came in and the players came in expecting to win. And we got really close. And we know before, and even Nick Hell preaches, that we should have won the game. 
uh, with how well our defense played and all the opportunities we had. So, no, let's get into now. Well, let's get into our picks because we both picked. What was the spread? What did the spread end up being by kickoff? Uh, it went down about 17 and a half. 17 and a half. We both took the uh, SIU plus the odds and then the over, which was what, the 50s? Uh, yes. So we both took that. So we were both good on those. We will do that for every game. Uh, so what, you're 4-0 on the year, I'm 3-1? and one. Correct. And I did not take the over in the SEMO game, unfortunately. So, like I said, we will do that every game. Now, no, let's get into our dogs of the game. We did our pre, we did our pre on Friday. Let's talk about our post. Let's start out with uh, offense because we'll stick to the defense last. How the best part of the offense was not wasn't much going. Uh, wouldn't you say we would both? We'll try to pick out some little more some others here, but because of the situations we were put in. And what we did take advantage of that we would wouldn't you agree that uh, Javon Williams is it because he managed to get to the end zone even though, but he had it. he led us in rushing and he got two touchdowns. I mean that, that feels like that's the safe pick, right? Yeah, there was not really any bright spots on offense. Uh, he was the bright spot basically because every time he got he got in the game, something happened good for us. It felt like so. Yeah, that would be the easy clear pick. And we mentioned. Uh, well, like we said, if Avante would have got more opportunities, he would have arguably been it. And then we win the game if he gets involved more arguably along with Javon. We said the offensive line because they allowed a couple of sacks was because Nick held on to the ball a long time. Couldn't get anything going. They're obviously, the offensive line was not perfect one bit. But uh, we think they did a pretty adequate job in terms of a Big 12 defensive line, wouldn't you say? Yeah, that was a pretty good job. Uh not sure if they, they mixed it up all night. We did a good job. I know we ended up having one sack to lead Duke, the big prospect uh, on their defense. Yeah, they held him in check for the for the most part uh, because that was on Lucas Davis' side. And we remember a play. Lucas Davis got his helmet. Let's get into the line, Judge, real fast. No, we were yelling at him a lot of the night. Started. He was pretty bad. He missed a ton of holds. A lot of flags that could have gone our way. He missed a ton of those. It was pretty frustrating. And then one involving Lucas Davis got his helmet ripped off. Nothing was called. He was kind of talking to him. We know Trevor Olsen came back and gave uh, Lucas a uh, butt chewing when he got back, but they missed a ton, didn't they? Yeah, it was the sideline judge on uh, the line judge on our side. It ended up being on our side of the field. Just bad. Uh, I had a lot of words. Probably he didn't want to hear for me if I if I had a chance to talk to him. But uh, a lot of misholding calls. I mean, guys trying to get off get off blocks and they literally had a their jersey you could see it stretched out had a hold of their jersey but didn't call nothing it was just very bad all night finally he gave us a call in the second half though. yeah and we'll get to that here in a second because we know nick was pretty in his ear too about some this stuff uh it's interesting because we only got flagged twice in the game for only 10 of their yards they got flagged more than us yeah maybe some makeup calls by the end of the game five penalties and we only had 40 yards off that not bad they had more turnovers than us. Uh, they had about seven, almost eight minutes uh, more time of possession. Uh, they, had, they had 104 more total yards, obviously a lot on the ground. Um, and then, so yeah, overall, they had us beating a lot of stuff, but it's 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 great. Third down efficiency, we were four for 14, they were four for 10. Fourth down efficiency, we were two for three on that one. That was pivotal, obviously, at the beginning of the game. We wish we would have kicked the PAT, and then they were one for one. So, overall, pretty even. Obviously, we had a little more passing yards, which which shows you as well, make them throw, because we struggled. We had 176 still. 
So, and but they had uh, eight yards per pass on there, so they had a lot of big plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, keeping it this close and stats and knowing you should have won the game just shows also. So it's unfortunate, and as some of the players said, it's not really disappointing, even though it feels like it is because for the standpoint that you know you should have won. So uh, overall, we're gl- obviously we're glad we made the trip. It was a great trip. Um, and especially because we know we were getting some national attention when we took the lead and we thought we were, uh, down, down for the dumps, especially to start the game. We remember the Kansas state pod that say, uh, we expect them to win by three touchdowns and that trajectory at the beginning seemed like that would have been the case, but, and all the other players also said that obviously it seems kind of cliche, but we know we have it in this team, I think, cause we have talent, but we have the ability to not give up as well. So. Shout out to our great defense. And like I said, if we get that the rest of the year, we won't lose a lot of games. So final thoughts in this game, Noah? Yeah, big missed opportunity. But uh, um, I know we don't like to take moral victories, but it is one in some people's opinion. So uh, it was a great fight. People now in the league, if they didn't know how good we are, they never really know how good we are now. So be aware because if this defense is playing at the level they did uh, – there's not going to be very many points scored on us this year. No, and even it comes to even more notable what Quay said when he said he expects to shut out teams. And honestly, we would not be surprised seeing what the defense did there, that it seems possible. Um, and even we said before, didn't uh, Kleiman said that uh, we should be competing for FCS title. That's how much respect he, respect he had for the program, how much respect he had for us in that game. Yeah. Uh, FCS title aspirations, of course we do. Right? Absolutely. We've said it before. It's title or bust almost with the team we have. Yeah, we have great respect for him as well. He's doing a great job with that program, with their coaching staff. And uh, it's a long – it could be – I hopefully they go on for our sake and their sake, uh, go on and win a lot of games this year, maybe compete for a Big 12 title. That's what I was going to say, yeah. And, and hopefully they get Skylar Thompson back when they're in good shape. Hopefully Will Howard does good for them. So good luck to them moving forward. Uh, now some post-game interviews. No, we know after the game, we know that they talked to Mike Quay and uh, Coach Hill did, pretty much just reiterating the missed opportunities and they, they mentioned at the end their long car ride that they probably won't get home till like 8 a.m. And we know for us we got back around 5 a.m., so it was really rough. Uh, I can imagine – Messing with, you know, the fact that they had to be in the locker room and then load on the buses, get their equipment ready and head on. That was brutal. But, yeah, they preached the missed opportunities. Uh, Quay, uh, you know, he had, he led us in tackles, but he wasn't too proud, obviously, of his own uh, individual self because, obviously, he wants the team to win, and he thought they had missed opportunities on defense as well, even though, obviously, they deserve all the credit for the most part. Uh, what else stuck out in that interview with Mike? Because we understand he also met with the media with uh, with Todd. But what did, what else did he say with Mike? Anything else that sticks to mind in terms of missed opportunities? And uh, you know, he knew that uh, you know their offense couldn't get going, and how much they want to do. He took a lot of blame for uh, the offense not getting going, didn't he? Yeah, he did say that uh, the game did not go along like he expected he said there were some plays left on the play clock we just or play uh the script that uh he didn't get to so uh i wonder what those type of plays were so uh need to scratch off the fake field goal in my opinion but uh yeah he said that he took a lot of the blame and i'm sure as a head coach and the play caller he he does do that and uh 
Yeah, it's just unfortunate the way it happened. Yeah, that's how the game plays out. They're not able to do some plays like you would like to. Um, they talked to those two, as I mentioned. They talked to QB1, Nick Baker. Just You can tell in his interview that he was he was kind of down on the dumps because he know he didn't play well. But in the end, like I said, he didn't play well, and they almost won the game. So maybe his morale would have been better. I'd hope it would have, obviously, if we won, pulled off the upset. Uh but yeah, he was down. He just he mentioned that he his first read wasn't there, and he just took too much time, and uh, things just didn't play out. He gave credit to his receivers and his uh, offensive line. It's just he kind of took most of the credit as well. Uh, and then they talked to Javon. He mentioned how uh, well he gave he gave props to Deuce himself as they play. Uh, but Javon realized they obviously left a lot on the board as well for. The offense and the running game that he couldn't get really get going on that end as well. And if we were able to talk to him, we would have said, "Man, you should have preached for more snaps." Uh, and then they talked to I think that, I think Javon. They only talked to a couple players, so we know they're all uh, frustrated. Like Quay said, they're not really disappointed because they know they should have won the game. So you're disappointed that you didn't win, but overall you're happy with your performance. And uh, it's like they all been saying, and that's how what Nick said that they came to win. They didn't come to just keep it close and all that stuff. It's just the cliches that go on, but obviously, it's uh, uh, you obviously when you have the chance to win, you take advantage of it. So, Absolutely, it's like that uh, old man in our elevator. He said uh, he asked us about the team. He said we came here to win. He said, "Well, good for you, but I hope not for your our, for my sake." There you go. So, and then Nick met with the media today. Noah talked about a couple of things, kind of the same kind of stuff. Uh, that he took blame, and what else was he asked? I remember they reiterated moving forward to Dayton. They didn't really talk too much about the game. Um, what else did they – what are, what are the questions that they ask him, if you remember? It's like stuff, like I said, reiterating the, what he said the, the previous night, but, I mean, nothing else really stuck out, right? Yeah, I know Todd asked him about Dante Cox's injury. Yeah. He would be out for a while. They're not sure. They're trying to get the swelling down on that knee to get a better look and tell you what happened. Um, Matt Varney asked about the crowd, the crowd this weekend, I believe. Something. We know he asked a whatever question before on the fact that he knew climbing that it would help and his whatever. And Nick kind of just shoots down everything he mentions. But uh, honestly, we don't need to talk about it because it's everything that we saw. Just from an X's and O's standpoint, he can get details. But pretty much everything we saw, we know. Honestly, yeah, it's just those it's those it's those press conferences that we would like to know the injury situation, really. Yeah, so we wish we would have been able to ask about James, and then obviously he yeah, did miss Dante. That it mentioned Dante that it's not official, but it looks like he'll probably be out for the year. So that's unfortunate. Like we said, he could have been a big party, earned a big time spot this year. So that's unfortunate, but we know we're pretty deep. Uh, so that's the interviews he did. Look ahead to Dayton. Which we'll we'll sneak uh, we'll sneak peek dating a little bit and a little bit of Nick's words at the very end. Let's get some other stuff. Knowing now that we're through with that game, moving forward to an extent uh, during the game, though we understand how big time Zach Zabrowski's been in the past, and he was yesterday that they were you know at, at one point during the broadcast they showed him doing his gestures on the sidelines for play calling, and it stuck out with a lot of people, especially Paul Paps, SIU alum, on the Dan Patrick show. He was tweeting about it last night, as he was a lot of things. He was proud of the dogs after the game. And they have little segments on their shows that we watch every day. And uh, they you know, they show little videos, and they just discuss them in between breaks, commercial breaks on Peacock. 
that they were just they showed his video and they were just talking about it, laughing the fact that he was it looked like he was dancing and stuff. They played some music for it. really cool. So some national notoriety for uh, Zach, as we know, because we made sure to quote it and tag him as well, so he could see it. Because not sure a lot of these people obviously fall, Paul. So Paulie, shout out to you and the DP show. Thought about calling in today because we called in a couple months back, telling him to sneak uh, to watch out for this game. Uh, that we were going to win for the upset, and we got really close, so that's why we ended up not calling in. So shout out to Zach. Keep doing what you're doing, helping the team. Uh, and then, Noah, there was an update on the all-time list for receivers. Mike had the pleasure of saying today that Landon is number three all-time now in pass receptions behind Michael Pruitt and Cornell Cray. That's pretty big. As we know, he was climbing these boards anyway. That's a pretty big deal. And he'll probably, not sure what the exact numbers are, 100 Pass receptions with 153. I'm sure he, he had a chance to break in the record, I think. I think there's a little bit in between. but he Yeah, Mike Cole had a lot. He definitely has a chance. It's unbelievable how involved Mike Cole was back then. Um, that Landon's been here for a while, but just seeing how far he's come is pretty pretty cool. And he's the number four all-time in career receiving yards. Is that gap that big, too? If you remember off the top of your head. I'm not sure. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, being top five in both of those, uh, we think we've had a rich history of, of, you know, really good players. It seemed that I know if you mention it to him, I'm sure he feels appreciative as well for uh, him getting this far as well. So, well, if we find that real fast, we'll be sure to say that. You ramble a little bit. I got you. Okay. Um, Just go over some other stuff. Uh, and then, obviously, we have our home opener we'll get to in a little bit. So, shout out to Mike for that. He always has those big-time stats. Uh, and then we have FCS football came out with a new with new power rankings this week, and nothing has really changed for our sake. We are still at number eight, which I can imagine if we beat Kansas State, how far up we would have gone. We know a lot of other teams has beat a lot of FBS teams like Montana did uh, last week. But, Noah, the big one this week, it's pretty big one. Jacksonville State winning on a game-winning touchdown against Florida State at Florida State. That's pretty incredible. Heck of a payday. A payday. Imagine getting paid and winning. We were really close to that as well. We know, uh, you know, before hearing about our opportunities down the road and the potential payout that obviously, yeah, you want to go – you need to get paid, especially for our sake and our university. We feel that it's important, but going to win would be huge. Jacksonville State winning at Florida. Florida State almost beat Notre Dame in week one and then do that. That's how crazy sports are. We love it. Uh, yeah, speaking of that, uh, one of the Danettes on the Dan Patrick Show, who we listened to daily, said that was pretty pretty cool. It would be funny to see uh, if he was part of the NCAA. He'd have it where set up where if an FCS – or lower opponent comes to a school like that, that the next year Florida State should have to return to Jacksonville State and play at Jacksonville State. I agree. That's what they, that's what they should do. All these. So uh, I got it now. What is uh, – did Mike say exactly what number he is at? Number four, he said, Landon. In, in yards and third in receptions. So that number at third is like 150. Cornell 153, Craig, I think. It's 153. So he is – Cornell Craig is second with 207. Wow. And Michael's at first with 221 in wow. receptions. So I don't think he'll uh, get there unless he just goes off and wins, wins the Walter Payton Award. Receiving, receiving, he was at, what is he at, fifth now, they say? Fourth. Fourth, so uh, 
Brent Little is at 2,300. Mike Cole's at 26. And Cornell Craig, nobody will ever touch him at 3,500 yards. That is unbelievable. Didn't, you, didn't we talk about him before that he did that in a short span, didn't he? Uh, 96 to 99, so I'd say four years. So. Four years. Uh, I feel like there was someone else in our program. It says 96, 99, so I assume that's three or four years. That's four because you take 96, yeah. 97, 99. Because like I said, we did talk about someone in our past before, I think, that barely played a couple of years but had unbelievable stats. That had to been mm-hmm. a long time ago. Might have been – Basketball, Chico Vaughn. I think, honestly, that's it. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, these new rankings, we didn't move anywhere eight. Uh, we had a fill in Jacksonville State, even though they, they lost in week one. They got shut up by UAB. If they would have won that game and then won this game, they'd be in the top five. Uh, they were jumped up to 10. They were previously at 16. Uh, yeah, we didn't move anywhere. Uh, let's see, Eastern Washington's at seven. They beat, they had, they killed Central Washington. Uh, let's see. Delaware had a 17 point win. They're at six. Number five, North Dakota State shut out and killed Valpo 64-0. The uh, what are they? Yeah, they're the Beacons. Sorry, I was trying to think of their name. The Beacons. The Beacons. Uh, North Dakota State two and zero. Montana, obviously, their big week last week. They killed Western Illinois as they should, as everybody seems like they should. Even though Western Illinois played somebody close in week one. Ball they? State. Ball State. So. Where's Ball State picked in the uh, Probably not very high. Probably not very high. But you know, it was one of those where it seemed like it was an upset at the time. So they beat them 42-7. to uh, There'll be a threat, obviously, the rest of this season. James Madison beat Killed Maine 55-7. to South Dakota State's at 2, still 52-7 to over Lindenwood. And then Sam Houston remains at 1. They killed SEMO, uh, but that game was close at the beginning, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was 7-7. Like seven, seven seven. Seven. It was 7-7 seven, seven after end of the first. So, yeah, we – Obviously, teams that we beat or play with, like the Kansas State, uh, we hope that they have good seasons the rest of that, the rest of the way so it looks good on us. For our resume builder, as we hope our resume looks pretty good. So that's the top ten. We won't really say anything else. Well, actually, we will say – Well, we were going to have a segment on the rest of the Valley, so we'll hold that off for some more of that. I think that's honestly – our next thing, Noah, so let's, let's take a trip around the valley, some other ones. That yeah, around mentioned. the valley, uh, Northern Iowa, after a law, a close loss at Iowa State, they traveled out to Sacramento State. They beat Sacramento State 34-16. Uh, Missouri State, after a close game at Stillwater in Oklahoma State, they hosted a top-ranked team. I assume they're out of the top 25 now. Uh, Central Arkansas, they Barely escaped Central Arkansas, 37-34. Um, you mentioned those. Uh, West, Illinois State went up to Western Michigan, a good Mac school. Uh, Illinois State got shut out, 28-0. Um, Indiana State went to a Big Ten school, went up to North, North Chicago, Evanston, uh, hometown of Lance Jones, uh, lost to Northwestern, 24-6. Um, it's not too bad. No, not too bad at all. Western was a powerhouse last year, it seemed like. That's correct. Uh, Great coach. Uh, Michigan State hosted Youngstown 42-14, whooping. And South Dakota hosted Northern Arizona. They beat them 34-7. And uh, Friday night, we had it on in our hotel room once we got back from eating. A long lightning delayed game was a lot of lightning delays. But uh, once had like a 24-21 lead, I believe, North Dakota Went out to Utah State, the FBS school, but uh, ended up losing 48-24, so not a good second half for North Dakota. Awful second half, it sounds like. So that is it for Around the Valley. 
So we cannot wait after our next game to get into Missouri Valley play and make some noise. So, Noah, let's get now to our recruits. We Obviously, we have four recruits for next year. They've been getting going in high school, and we've had a lot of offers lately. Yeah, we've had a lot of offers. I think we mentioned them uh, some on the last pod, but we had a new one from two days ago right after. Of course, every time we do a pod, something comes out of news right after in recruiting or something, but... Today, it was for a wide receiver down in Clearwater, Florida, uh, CJ Lee. That's how what we're going to call him. That's what his Twitter, I think his real name Sincere, got an offer. What a name. So, uh, he is a athlete, but he looks like he's a, he's a wide receiver, it looks like. He posted some highlights on his uh, Twitter. So, if you want to go check his out, his Twitter page, that is another offer we have in the books. So, uh that is a good one to look out for. But looking at our commits to see how they're doing. Um, started out 2-0 down in Georgia, Cherokee High School down in there. Um, they have now fallen two straight games. They've lost. They lost to Creekview this week, who's undefeated, 21-14. So a rough two-game stretch for Ryan Chandley and his team. Um Going to uh, played St. Thomas Aquinas out, who we have two brothers from out there in Kansas. Uh, it was a neutral game, neutral game, so they didn't have to go too far, it looks like. But Luther North dropped one to St. Thomas Aquinas, 53-39. So our boys out in Luther North, who had a tough loss again, who I think Brian Brown threw over for 400 yards I've seen today. So. Wow. He posted a highlight package on his Twitter. I think we retweeted it, so yeah, go check that out. He's special. He's definitely doing everything for their offense. Everybody go check that out. And uh, Chaminade, who got off to a hot start, are now dropped to 1-2 and two after a loss to St. Louis University, 35-26. Okay, so... So not very good. No. Around... Yeah. It, it, it would be nice to know... Uh, Specifically, you know, we would like to watch their games and see how, especially those offensive linemen are doing. I'm sure, because I remember it was one time or whatever we heard that Jimmy was doing really good. So uh, that was a, that was maybe their first game of the year. But uh, so there's an update on that. We will keep, uh, or there was that, yeah, an update. We, we uh, got a hold of a lot of people. So it's interesting to see how far down the road or potentially, especially if we have success this year, that we land a lot of those uh uh, new recruits potentially. Uh, we wanted to mention. Uh, well, they they really kind of tweeted before the game. I don't know if we mentioned in the last pod that hogs and dogs thing about motorcycle riders can leave the Salukis on the field before September twenty fifth matchup or someone we stay and get a free T shirt. So uh, with the promo code hogs, you can do all this stuff. The kickoffs at two that day for someone we stay. So if you're a motorcycle rider, we know we've seen that before in the past. Motorcycles leave them out of the tunnel. Just pretty cool. So if you're a motorcycle rider, get up to that and go do that. Uh, we did want to mention also our great helmets. We would have loved to win, especially honoring 9/11 with our helmets. That it made it. They made it on game day, didn't they? They had a a version of ours or something. This is via Seth on Twitter that we retweeted that he got a picture, a video of of our 9/11 helmet made appearance on game day. Yeah, that's big time. Uh, we went out for breakfast. We had game day on before we left the hotel, but yeah. That is big time. I will say in the doghouse of 103.5 ESPN is back tonight uh, making his 
Doghouse debut tonight is our captain, Xavion Furcon. So he will be on there. Be sure that starts at 6 tonight, 103.5. Matt Varney and the gang will have that from 6 to 7. So that'll get you hyped for the home opener, they say, on their Twitter. Yeah, it's only an hour away. So, yeah, we will be sure to talk about that on our uh, Dayton preview pod. A couple of things here. A couple of players have been tweeting the last couple of days. We know uh, C.J. Pearson has been tweeting about that nobody can stop 15. So he was watching, obviously. Uh, Dorian Davis, we understand he has not played a whole lot. We have a feeling he's talented. He's only a freshman as well. Transfer with the COVID year from West Carolina, like Landon. Uh, that's we're expecting, or Donovan, sorry. Where did I get Landon at? Do, uh, Dorian, hopefully he plays this year. He said that he was the best decision he's ever made coming to SIU, and he loves it here. So it's good that he's staying patient, waiting his turn to an extent. That's great to see. Um, a couple of the players, we, we said that Jawan has been tweeting still. So stay active, guys, and the best is yet to come for everybody involved. Uh, no, we wanted to mention before – we'll mention this other seven. We'll uh, end with this before we just sneak peek Dayton. Uh, Jeremy Chen, as we know, he – for charity, he has been wearing jerseys to every single game this year. He did it in the preseason. Now he did it with week one. He wore a Steph Curry Davidson jersey. We know Steph's from that area. And he had the pleasure of FaceTiming with Steph, meeting him for the first time, and showing him his jersey and telling him what he's all about. And Steph said he has to – Make it to one of their games, either there or when the, when they make it on the road. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's, I'm sure it was cool for Jeremy. He's oh, obviously a basketball fan. That's probably that's a great thing. I'd be so pumped. Yeah, absolutely. That is great to see. Especially, it's really cool. I got to FaceTime with him. Um, believe uh, Jeremy had four tackles and a pass breakup in that game. So good to see. I believe around also so Saluki's in NFL. Ryan Neal have play, had some playing time in the Seattle Seahawks win over the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, Michael Pruitt was activated and officially signed today to the Tennessee Titans roster. There you go. I'm glad you mentioned that. We were going to get to that. Jeremy, obviously active. He'll be even more active as the season goes on. And it's great what he's doing with his charities. Ryan Neal, yes, you mentioned. It's cool just seeing it because I, when I first got to SIU and I transferred there from John A. Uh, Logan that – uh, I had a couple classes with Ryan in our degree in our field at that at that point of uh, the university, and he was really cool, really smart guy. So it's really cool seeing him have success when I had a class with him. That's always cool to see. Um, so yeah, we mentioned all the other Salukis. We know Craig James got cut before the year, but he made it back to their practice squad. And Madre Harper, we understand, is not found anywhere else. He got cut by the Giants. So we'll keep people updated every week as well. Every time we get the chance on the NFL Salukis. And then Noah, real fast before we get the sneak peek of Dayton, uh, we understand, obviously we said on the pre that it was really sudden and surprising that Liz Jarnigan like got let go. We have not seen any updates yet, especially via Todd of the Southern Illinois on reasonings or any update on you know the situation itself. Uh, we understand Nick also in his presser was asked about it and said that he uh, Liz was a great person. She did great things for the university uh, and that he wished her luck. And as we know all that as well, especially like we said, having the chance to talk to her was really cool. So seeing her gone is unfortunate. He mentioned, though, that whoever they hire next, hopefully is uh, they make the right choice. He, he said that Austin Lane, he has a feeling he'll make the right choice, uh, that somebody that can come in here, Nick said, and love the community, as we also agree with him on that. So hopefully they do make the right hire. We'll keep everybody updated on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh... On Sports Voice uh, Saturday, we were unable to listen, but I think Mike Murphy said he, he 
they should look at Greg Sturrock. I don't know if he, who's 80 over at John A. I don't know if uh, at his age, I think he's 71, 72, he would be interested in something like that. But community say essentially around here, that will be a good chance. But uh, I have this tidbit of information. I, I am just taking this from what I've been told um, about the chancellor saying that the uh, this person says he wasn't he's not saying Liz was ever the best fit for the job. But she was definitely in her defense. She was he was trying to she was trying to keep the ship afloat while Lane was trying to get it. Apparently, our new chancellor has cut three million dollars in budget this year and next year in the athletic department. He's he he says he he believes he, he we should be running at a SWAC funding level, not the Valley funding level. So uh, he's a great this he says he's coming off as this great guy behind the scenes, but he's at least pointing wanting to get the athletic budget. That's just what I'm told. That's big information, but yeah, I'm not that's sure. First time you're telling me that. You're telling me that on the spot, and my reaction, I don't know what to say. That's unfortunate. So um, if that is all but true, that's just information I've been fed. So probably just uh, yeah, which we I, before not seeing eye to eye with Liz that Austin Lane. That maybe it came down to something like that. Which I said. I think it was today. I told you that it was interesting that they put the CEO of our foundation or whatever in charge. So I'm wondering if the Saluki way debt is so big that this is what it's coming down to. They, maybe Liz didn't do a great job in that field. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. Uh, it's one of those it's either for that reason. I remember saying today that it was maybe just, you know, they, they don't, it's, it's interim. So it's just whoever at the time, but it's gotta be someone with a little bit of experience. He probably does have in that field, but you're right. Interesting. Money wise, uh, that could that could be a reason as well. It is interesting. It, he's not. We're not thinking he's going to stick with the job. Obviously, you know, because of those reasons, he's not the guy long term. They will still seek out somebody. That's interesting. That um, that Austin Lane has apparently uh, just changed it up big time. That's I don't even know what to say. You put that on me, and I don't. I, I, it's unfortunate if we're looked at that way that we're cutting money like that. For the athletic program, that is not good. We know that we signed Nick to an extension, gave him a raise. I mean, a lot of stuff overall. We'll see how that plays out down the road. Um, and you and you mentioned Sarah Guy agree because we know he's had health issues before or he had sur surgery. He missed a lot of time during being AD of John A. So, yeah, they because they mentioned having somebody that's willing to come in and accept the community – and then having compared to having somebody who loves the community already, it's one of those things. I do think they should go outside, even though it'd be nice to have someone more familiar. But it's like, who can you do? And if it's not Sarah, I don't know who it would be. So, like we said, we'll keep everybody updated with that. That was breaking news via Noah. Noah, I'm glad you said that. Interesting moving forward as to what uh, could potentially happen to Athletics Program. We were hoping it was at its peak uh, recently for everything going on. So, hopefully, nothing changes in that regard. So, Let's finish out here, Noah, with a sneak peek to Dayton. We under we we'll cover this more obviously in the pre on Friday, uh, previewing them. Nick mentioned how they're really well coached, and uh, you know they play teams that we've played in the past because they didn't play at all last year. So he was asked today in his presser um, uh, how different it would be because they haven't played them, but it's pretty much the same players. They can go back. He said it's not that big a deal to go back and watch old film and it's it's not too different even from two years ago uh that's you know that's all i said and like we said he's gonna say that he's not gonna be disrespectful to any team but we know we still expect to beat the brakes off absolutely uh they're coached by 13 year in his 13th season rich rich 
Rick Chamberlain, uh, the Flyers opted out of the spring season because of COVID. But back in 2019, they were 8-3 and three and 6-2 and two in the Pioneer League, including a season-opening win at Indiana. So, uh, oh, so. the Flyers were featured uh, back in 2019, third-round pick of the, to the Saints, Adam Trotman. Yeah. So uh, they were robbed of their season opener this year against because of COVID, because of Robert Moore's. That was so, a win, though, right? It should be. Yeah, I think. I mean, we haven't seen that for sure. Yeah. They're 1-0 and then. Uh, then they beat uh, – they went a home win against Eastern Illinois, 17-10 to 10 last week. I believe they were picked fourth in the Pioneer League, who's okay. not a strong league, but they're led by court, court, senior quarterback Jack Cook and running back Jake Chisholm. Okay, that's, uh, that's a sneak peek of it. We'll get into more of that on Friday just to uh, sneak that for you guys on what to expect from them. We'll have more on that as well. Uh, like we said, we expect to – that's what we said. That's what Kansas State expected uh, to beat us, and maybe we shouldn't overlook Dayton, but it's our home opener. We expect a lot of people, hopefully. So we understand it's a 6 o'clock game. We, we've said before on our Saturdays, it's difficult to make games via our work schedules, but we will definitely make that one. We will be there, so we hope everybody else will too. So we'll leave it at that. We'll sneak peek them even more, like we said, on Friday. Stay tuned for that and for any and all updates. We mentioned this loss to Kansas State, and it's only a step in the right direction with our how our defense played. We know our offense will be just fine. Missed opportunities aside, we're really proud of our performance. It was a fun trip. SIU fans came out and showed, and it was really good. At times when we were hitting momentum, that it was a lot of SIU chance in that, and that place was quiet. Nick said that you love going to a place like that because you love when, it, when it's quiet. So uh, hopefully we can't wait for more big opportunities like this moving forward. And we said before, we'll have games just like this talent-wise down the road in our conference. We'll be looking forward to that. So, for Nick Malone, no alert. this was the 17th episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. We will see you on Friday to preview Dayton. Go Dogs.